Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. It is great to be back with you. Welcome to the Crosswinds podcast. Um, Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper. I'm the podcast host as well as lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. And I want to give a shout out to, as I do every episode, to Elijah Merrill, our producer who puts so much work into making sure that not only are these recorded, but they're put out in quality and, and able to be accessible to all of you. We did something different last week that we're going to continue this week. Uh, as I said, I'm the host, so usually I'm the one asking the questions. Um, but I have uh, Ryan Samuels here with me. He's going to guest host again, and he's going to be asking me questions um, as lead pastor. Uh, if you weren't able to hear last week's uh, episode, I, I encourage you to go back. Um, a lot of backstory of how I came to Christ and, and and those type of things. This week we'll venture into a whole other area. But Ryan, thanks for being with us. Oh, it's a pleasure. And and hey, we're going to jump right in. <laughs> um, and you know, one of the first questions I, we want to cover is. When did you uh, when did you first feel a call uh, to lead pastorate? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, last week I talked about how I came to Christ, and I said I was a Christian child of unchristian parents. They weren't believers. They dropped me off at Sunday school, and so I came to Christ. I'd say when I was five, but I don't have any memory of not knowing the Lord. Right. You know, uh, even though I was raised in a home that was a very moral home, but not a Christ centered home. And when I think about my call into ministry. Um, especially pastoral ministry, because we're all called to be ministers of the sure, gospel yep. as Christians, but and the pastoral leadership. I don't remember not being called. Uh, I, I really don't. Um, I don't know what attracted me to it, except for the Lord's, you know, calling on my heart. I didn't know that. I don't remember this story, but my mom shared it years later when she became a believer. Um, she said, "I asked her. I said, when did I start talking about, you know, wanting to be a pastor?" And she said, you know, her earliest memory, I mean, I was probably four or five, uh, and said to her, you know, I, I want to be a, a, I feel like I want to be a pastor. And she said later, she cried. Like, she went to my dad and cried and thought they had done something wrong, hmm. you know? And my dad said, don't worry, he'll want to be a fireman tomorrow, you know? <laughs> like, it was a phase. Like, I, I don't know how many people actually go through It's a long the, phase. Yeah, how many people want to go through the pastor phase of all the things out there? But, um, but yeah, so my earliest recollection... Um, was was uh, feeling called to the pastor. Now, as as I as I got older, I certainly entertained other things, but never lost a, a sense that this was the, the type of thing that that I felt God had created me to be a part of in this church. When uh, so, real quickly, what roles did you go to go through before you did become a lead pastor for the first time? Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing is, and I'll, I'll go back before even college. You know. Um, God placed me sort of in, uh, and especially in high school, in a leadership role within the student ministry. And so I was mentored directly from the student pastor there. Uh, one of the other pastors on staff um, had heard me speak at a youth uh, gathering as a teenager. And uh, he asked if I would want to speak at nursing homes. Hmm. And so he mentored me. Uh, I started speaking at nursing homes when I was 15, uh, going and uh, doing that type of thing. And Sort of that's where I cut my preaching teeth at first, which is sort of an interesting thing. And then, uh, yeah, so then I go off to college, and I become a part of a, a college ministry there, which by my senior year I led. Um, so I started out just as a, you know, as a as someone who was helping out. Yeah. 
And, and my senior year, the pastor who was leading that ministry in the church I was at, Dave, he he went and started small group ministry within the church, and he asked if I would take off over the role of basically overseeing all the college workers, and I spoke probably 90% of the time that year, and and so that was all unpaid, but you know, all prepar- preparation for for what God was going to lead me into. I thought, um, to be honest with you, coming out of college, that I would go into a solo pastorate situation, lead pastorate situation, um, but I didn't. Uh, through some mentoring and opportunity, I went to a church in um, Illinois and became a student pastor for eight years and uh, loved it, loved it. Uh, in fact, people say, when did you feel called out of student ministry? I said, I never did. Uh, I felt called to something else. Yeah. And uh, still, still, uh, students have a special place in my heart, even as a lead pastor here. And, you know, our students here, junior and senior, and I are in the service. So they're 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 on my mind when I'm putting messages together, and certainly when I'm preaching. Uh, but it was probably a, a little over eight years I was at that church in Illinois, and I felt God call me back to to seminary, the graduate school. And I went back. I was there for three years. During that time, did a lot of speaking. You know, uh, um, worked for um, Center for Church Health, and so I did some uh, church health assessment training and helping out in that area. Um, then after that, uh, received a call from a church in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin. You remember, I, I grew up part of my life in Florida, so I went from uh, subtropical to, uh, felt like to me, Antarctica. <laughs> it is up there. It's up there. Probably North Pole would be better since it's the north, but still, it was cold. And uh, But I loved it. was there for over eight years. I was lead pastor. I became the um, third lead pastor of that church since its founding, and it was five years old. Wow. So, from, you know, it was, a, it was sort of, it was a church plant. Uh, within that five years, I was the third lead pastor, and so uh, so that was that was a, a fun, challenging, growing experience for eight years with a great, great, great church family there. Um, took another lead pastor after that in Michigan, and then been uh, been here at Crosswinds now, uh, coming up on eight years too, and so um, loving every minute of it. And you know, um, I consider myself really blessed to have had people pour into my life over the time. You know, even you know through through middle school, high school college, opportunities to have pastors just directly pour into me. Um, then when I went out to that first church in, in Illinois, both John and Patty Bray, John was the lead pastor there, poured into my life. There was another pastor on staff named Brad Snyder, who was the same age as my lead pastor. They went to school together. He poured into me. I have had amazing people pour into my life. And so anything that, that, that is working, that's good, uh, I give all the glory to God. I give credit to the people who have poured into me. Everything else is still me learning. Hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, my journey has been has been very exciting, and uh, I feel very blessed for the people who have uh, allowed me the opportunity to serve them, to serve alongside them, and certainly those who have poured into me. Well, being the lead pastor here at Crosswinds, how would you describe your role here? Yeah, I, I, let me just go a little general. I, I remember, uh, generally speaking, uh, I re- was remind uh, I was called upon to share at my son Jake's, who's my oldest boy, um, his class. I think it was second grade, third grade. What do I do? Hmm. You in know, a public school. Yeah, public school. You know, you came in. What, what, what do you What do you do? And, and you know, I mean, some parents came in. They were firemen, policemen, insurance agents. Hmm. I think I was the only one that came in as a pastor. I'm like, how am I going to explain to young kids what a pastor does? You know, you know, we do some counseling, but I'm not a I'm not a counselor. Um, I speak, I preach, um, but that's not 
most of what I do, I mean, you figure I preach, it's hour, hour and 10 minutes yeah. a week. I teach. I, I do leadership lessons for, for board and staff. and But what's the purpose of all that? And uh, the image that I've used ever since then is I call myself a, a spiritual cultural architect. That's a big. That's a big word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to unpack it for him. But I, you know, he asked the kids. He said, you know, you know what an architect does. You know, some yes, some no. You know, they're young. And he said, well, they design buildings, and they work through making sure that this wall's strong enough, and you know, you can put a wall here, a door here. They don't necessarily build the building. <laughs> they just help design it and make sure that it it, it it functions the way that it ought to for whatever the purpose of of that particular design is. And, and in a lot of ways, I see myself as, as a spiritual cultural architect, you know, in, in, the, in the places where God's placed me. And since we're talking about Crosswinds, as Crosswinds lead pastor, I see that as my role. So whether I'm preaching or counseling or doing a training session, a podcast, writing, uh, you know, we have uh, two, two writings that go out twice a week. There's a vlog that goes out on Thursday. Um, you know, whether I'm praying over the church, you know, all these things that that that, that are a part of, of, of quote-unquote, my job description mm-hmm. are really all for the purpose of making sure that we as crosswinds function in accordance to our vision framework. Yeah. Our mission to know God and make Him known, you know, our, our strategy of, you know, of, of you know, uh, reaching out to those who have yet to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, sharing the love and message of God so that they'll believe as they believe, raising them up. Into what it means to to belong to, to Christ and his you know his church, and to become the person you've created to be in Christ, that God's created to be in Christ Jesus, releasing them right to bless others with the, with the blessings that God's put in his life. As as we look at all these things and in, in, in that framework that we put together years ago, but sort of describes our purpose, our unique purpose, if you will, as crosswinds. My job is to make sure as the architect that that all the pieces are where they need to be. Mm-hmm. I don't do the building. I mean, God ultimately does the growth anyway, right? Yeah. But the, the team does the building. And what I mean by team, that's paid staff, that's unpaid staff, that's every ministry partner that's a part of our church. Um, so I help steer the ship a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, that, that's my role. My role in the church is, is to make sure we're heading in the right direction. And um, that's everything from preaching to prayer to, mm-hmm. to, to the conversations even we're having right now. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about being the lead pastor here? Man, you know, that that's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I tell people I enjoy 95% of my job. You know, the, the, the parts that, that, that challenge me a little bit are, are sort of the, the incidental stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the stuff that, you know, I mean, maybe it's 99%. I don't know. I, I just really, I enjoy what I, what I do. And um, what do I enjoy most? I mean, I, I do like speaking. It took me years to be able to say that without feeling guilty. I don't know why I felt guilty, but like, you know, I did and I do. I, I like teaching. I like when I spend time with the team and, you know, do lessons that way. I always count it as a privilege when someone comes in and asks my advice on something. I don't take that lightly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy being around our church family. Uh, I enjoy being out in our community. I mean, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great privilege to, to be living in uh, – here in Canadagua and in the Finger Lakes region, yeah. I love this area. Uh, I love uh, knowing that when I go out, I'm the, I'm the lead pastor of Crosswinds. And so, you know, I'm, more importantly, I'm a follower of Christ. And yeah. the idea of being able to be put in places where I can share his love with people, which isn't necessarily unique to lead pastor role, mm-hmm. 
but it's part of my role as being a, a follower of Christ. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I can't really pinpoint one thing, but mm-hmm. I, I like seeing the whole movement, if you will. I yeah. use the word movement, move forward. Yeah. So I don't know if it's an action, but the result of those actions. Yeah. Um, when the team member wins, that's my win. I mean, I, I want to see them win. It's, it's not necessarily... So here it is. I, I love speaking. I love people preaching. Yeah. And so it's not just me preaching. I love the spoken word. And so I love it when a team member gets up there and, and preaches and I'm listening like everybody else and learning like everyone else and being prodded like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Um, when 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 Betty or Brian or Chris or Wendy and whoever's up there just does a just a bang up job for God, you know, the Spirit uses them. Man, that's a win. That's yeah. a win. So it doesn't have to be me. As a matter of fact, I, I'm at a point in my life where if I can help other people win, I feel like I, that's the bigger win for yeah. me. You had mentioned that 99 percent of the job yeah, yeah. is something you enjoy, which you know we I I'll say we I'm blessed to be a part of a staff that I thoroughly. I don't consider them coworkers. I consider them close friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. And but ninety nine percent is a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say? You know, is some of the most challenging parts of being a lead pastor? Well, I, I think you know the reality is there is times where the weight of it mm-hmm. isn't really all that fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're going out of the COVID se- season, and you know. Uh, you know, I, I like the challenge of leading. I really do. I, I think I thrive in the challenge, but there are times where I tire of when the church isn't unified. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll just I'll just throw it out there with COVID. Everyone has a perspective of what they believe fact is. Yeah. And 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 God says, right, his word teaches us we're to be united in Christ. And so, you know, there's times where you have to make a decision that you know is gonna have the potential to cause disunity. Yeah. One crew saying, you know, we, we, well, we're not going to come because of that. If you're going to do that, we're not going to be there. We're not going to serve. You know, but if I made the polar opposite decision, a whole other group would say that. It's not that I f- fear the decision. Again, I love the challenge of leadership. Um, I tire of the disunity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reports. I don't like doing reports. So any report I have to do is in that one percent. It doesn't matter what the report is. I do an annual service report to the district. Mm-hmm. I hate doing that thing. <laughs> and so when it comes to me, I do it right away. Get yeah. it done. Send it in. It's over. Um, not that it's a big deal, but that, you know, I, I'm not a real report type person. Now, yeah. now I'm a statistic person. So I, my own reports, I'm fine. It's yeah. when I have to do reports for other people, I have an issue with. You know, I know all the stats here at the church as well as anyone else does. Really, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I mean, I interpret them as well as others, but but I, I have them, and and I do like that part. But having to do a report is not is not my gig. Yeah. Um, nothing worse than than having someone come and ask your advice, and yet they're not really asking your advice. They want you to mm-hmm. affirm what they yeah. already think. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot in, uh, in in marriage counseling. I'll just be really honest about that. I love it when a couple comes in and is just honest and says, "Look, we're not where we need to be. Can you help us help us? You know, move closer to what God's ideal is for our marriage." Nothing worse when a couple comes in. And you realize they they just want me to be able to say, "You're right, she's wrong. You're right, he's wrong." You know, those type of things are frustrating. Yeah. All centered around disunity, reports oh, yeah. and disunity. If I, yeah. the, the two things that that just as a as a lead pastor, you know, just sitting there and. And realizing that, you know, and, and carrying the weight of just making sure yeah. that we have all the resources we need to do what God's called us to yeah. do. Sometimes that gets tiring uh, of just uh, carrying that weight. Now, the reality of it is 
should I carry that weight? No, God carries that weight. But being human, yeah, I can find myself taking that back and carrying it more than I should. Well, and as someone on staff and, you know, being under your leadership, I don't know if you've ever – if you have really ever made a decision that you haven't brought to the lead team or to Betty, the executive pastor, it just made a decision and haven't, you know, sought other people's opinions and stuff on that first – yeah, I think, you know, I don't think a confident leader is one who makes decisions apart from wise counsel. I mean, mm-hmm. the Scripture talks about the fact that many counsel, you know, a large counsel makes a wise decision, a wise person even. And so, you know, Proverbs over and over again emphasizes that point. And so it's not a matter of a lack of ability to say, no, this is the way we're going to go. I'm just wired to, to believe in team. Mm-hmm. And if God's brought us all here together... Then again, paid, unpaid, you know, whoever our leadership team is, yeah. I, I want to hear from them. What's God telling you? And then we make a decision. And I, I have the responsibility to finally say, okay, this is the way yeah. we're going to go. And sometimes as a team, you may have, you know, uh, different opinions. But at the end of the day, someone has to be able to be the leader to say, this is, this is okay, we're going to go this way. Yeah. But I hope that, uh, I, I, and I encourage them to hear you say that, Ryan, but I hope that every, everyone on the team would know that, they're, that I do value what they bring to the conversation and, you know, and prayerfully then take everything I hear to, to make a, such a yeah. decision. Um, when it comes to the local church, which well, that's what we're in, we, we lo- I love the local church. We all love the local church. How do you see the local church as part of God's redemptive plan? Yeah, I, I think, um, no, I won't say that. Scripturally speaking... Okay, as we look at the Bible, we understand that the church is God's plan uh, to bring the message of Christ to the world around us. Um, there are those who, for whatever reason, you know, they claim to be followers of Christ, and they may be, but they don't like church. They don't like the local church. They say, you know, we don't need the local church. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Uh, contrary to all of that, the local church is the hope of the world. And I don't mean that the hope of the world as far as the church being the savior of the world. Jesus is a savior, but we are his bride. That's mm-hmm. what the scripture says. And as his bride, we're his representation here on earth. We, we are the ones, the chosen ones, those who God has called uh, to share his love and message to those around us. And so it, it, there's something about going back to that word unity. Yeah. Jesus in his high priestly prayer prayed. He said, It'll be through their love for one another that they'll know my purpose for coming. That's why unity is really so important to me. It's because it's so important to God. That when we're unified, loving each other, loving him, sharing his love with others, he does miraculous things in the lives of believers. And 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 more importantly, the the miracle of bringing that person who's far from God yet so close to his heart into relationship with him. And that happens in the local church. Does it happen in other places? Sure. But God intends it to happen within the fellowship of the local church. Real quick, I, this is this has always been eye-opening to me, and I remember when you first shared it with me when I was, I don't know, 18, 19, 20. Define what the local church is. Yeah, yeah, the local church, really, let me give you the broad answer of what church is. Mm-hmm. The broad answer of what church is is every single follower of Christ even before Christ came, you know, a follower of God who, who you know, is Christ, yeah. right? Every single follower of the Lord who's ever lived, is living, or ever will live. Mm-hmm. That's the church. Not so, the building. Not the building. 
Now, in Scripture, sometimes they'll use the word ecclesia, which means church, yes. as, as a spot, but mm-hmm. very few times. Most of the time, it speaks of the assembling of God's people. And so the local church is a church family. Yeah. It, it's a gathering of believers who are on mission together with Jesus and doing life together, supporting each other, loving each other, you know? And um, the reality of it is that the, the family gathering of church should even be stronger than our biological family unless they too are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, because we share something, share something which is at the core of who we are, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've been made for that relationship. We don't work when it doesn't. It determines our eternity. And so when we are in a church family where we're in relationship with Christ, there should be such a brilliant unity and passion for God and one another and our community around us knowing him um, that that it is evident, evident uh, to each other in the world around us. I want you to expand on just one thing. Sure. <clears throat> when COVID happened, yeah. you heard a lot of people say, oh, no, the church is shutting down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Elaborate on that a little bit. Break that down a little bit on, the, of, on the conversations we had as yeah. a staff. First of all, every time I heard that, um, my heart stopped because I thought that person doesn't understand church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the church never closed. A campus closed. Yeah. The church was the church. In fact, I, I could not be more proud to be a part of this Crosswinds family than hearing the stories of how the church was a church during the time mm-hmm. of the quote-unquote shutdown. Yeah. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I think God, I think the enemy would have used it to, and he has, churches have closed. Yeah. Like physically have closed. The buildings are closed, that fellowship dismantled um, because of the way that they reacted to the shutdown. Um, I'm thankful for us the Lord opened up doors in that the church family, by and large, took advantage of it. Yeah. Even our campus, which was quote-unquote closed, was opened up for things that it probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to be opened up for had this not happened. Diaper drives, you know, so our, our care net that we're so closely related to, one of our mission partners, used the facility for that. And people who never would have stepped foot in the church now are driving up, getting what they need, going, huh, that's interesting. We've heard of care net. What's this Crosswinds thing? Mm-hmm. We had hundreds of people come, and still do, by the way. We, we have become one of the number one in our in our county blood drive yep. areas for the Red Cross. Um, I don't brag about that. It was just an opportunity. Other places weren't able to do it because of COVID. Because we, quote, unquote, closed our building, we had a perfect space for them to come. Hundreds and hundreds of lives were saved. Uh, oh, I think a thou- over yeah. a 1,000 yeah. now. Not spiritually. Physically, lives, lives were saved because of those blood drives. That's because we were able to close the building mm-hmm. and have a safe place for that to happen. Now, as restrictions have lessened, we're able to continue to do that. Yeah. And, and and where we had blood drives, I don't know, every other month or something like that, yeah. we have them almost every other week. I mean, there's a yeah. blood drive here all the time. They need that. We're, matter of fact, if you give blood or you're considering it, come give blood because yeah. they need blood desperately and it saves lives. Um, people caring for their neighbors. Anyway, so I, I say all that. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but to say, when people talk about, well, the church was closed, you know, uh, the church retreated. Yeah. I go, not crosswinds. We didn't retreat. We were bringing food to neighbors. We were making sure those who didn't have finances had finances. Yep. The, 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 
the church family here is so generous that we have a fund to help people. So, so when I heard that, I, I thought that's just ridiculous, you know. And you hear things like, "Oh, you know, you went along with it, and so you were just a, a sheep," you know. And, yeah. It always made me laugh because the scripture says we are sheep. So, we are sheep. Yeah. So that's okay. Well, that's a compliment. Um, yeah, that's all right. But uh, but I know they're not meaning it like right. that. But again, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's it's easy it's easy to to lead from the lazy boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little harder when you, when you're praying and trying to figure out what do we do with the limited information we have and, and our responsibility scripturally to authority and you know when do you when do you say no? I got to listen to God if God's saying something different. But during that time, the church wasn't closed. Yeah. It never was closed. And uh, I'm so thankful for the great work of ministry and the faithfulness of God's people to yeah. give to participate online and, and those things, but more importantly, to be the church. Yeah. Be the church in the community, and, and Crosswinds was the church in our community and still continues to be, and so I'm thankful for that. And thinking about Crosswinds and our community, um, what do you wish everyone who is a part of Crosswinds would understand about Crosswinds generally and you as Leeds pastor specifically? You know, in the last, uh, in the last podcast we did, you know, I mentioned... You know, you, you asked me, what would I leave everyone with? And, you know, uh, uh, I, I talked about understanding that what we do life with Christ, not just for him, but with him. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't, like, save us and say, hey, I'll see you at the finish line. But he's with us the whole time, many times carrying us, when, even when we don't realize it. Um, but God loves us that much, his profound love of God. And, and when I think of what I would want people to understand about crosswinds, as part of God's greater church, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're one clan among the many, right? We're a part of this huge tribe. And uh, it is the fact that, that our call, our call, when we say know God and make him known, that's all love, right? It's, it's really to, to grow in our, in our understanding of God's love for us, which allows us to love him back more fully. Uh, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the agent for growth. And people say, well, you know, how do you grow in Christ? Well, you start by understanding how much he loves you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then that, that's the agent to help us grow. And, and I'd want people to understand that and understand that, that that love is the flow from each other. Yeah. You know, that Crosswinds isn't, isn't just a community organization. Yeah. That, that when you're here, um, we become family. Oh, yeah. And, and so, you know, when, when people just sort of pop in and pop out, you know, or whatever, you know, that, that, that affects the family. You know, it does. That, that we're really family. We're here for one another. And that you can be your real self. Show, show your real yeah. self. And, and we're still going to journey with you. And as lead pastor, that's all part of that cultural architect thing, right? Yeah. I measure the health of our church in part by how healthy we are in our love for God and one another and our love for our community. And uh, I do a vlog every week, goes out on Thursday, and you always end it by saying, you know, hey, just know that I, I love you, and I, I continue to pray for you. I do do that. I, I, love, I love our church family, and I do pray for them daily. And uh, I would just want them to know that, that this isn't about me. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about Crosswind's kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. Yeah. And uh, we're a place where you can... I hope you can uh, come and experience the love of Christ and grow in that love of Christ and the love of brothers and sisters in Christ who love you so that uh, as God meets in our gatherings like that, when we scatter, we can share that love and message with those around us. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, you know, give us a little bit, maybe the last ounce of wisdom you can offer for this episode. Oh, wisdom. That's a loaded <laughs> word right there, brother. Wisdom. 
Um, I, I guess I would just say this, and you know, I always speak to a couple groups of people. You know, if you're out there and you're investigating the things of Christ, come be a part of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Come, come and 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 I'll tell you, we're a place where we're messy. I mean, we're people just like anyone here listening is, but man, we're a sacred mess. God's doing some amazing things in the lives of people here at Crosswinds. And if you're investigating the things of Christ, this is a safe place no matter where you find yourself to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you whether you live stream the service, you know, before you get here, whether you're watching it during the week, the service is there, you come, come to our Candidate campus, come hang out, yeah. you know, and and see what we're about. Um, but for the for the people who are part of our church family, I just I just encourage us to just prayerfully say, you know, continue to to journey together. You know, yeah. if you're not serving, serve. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group. If you're not doing one on one, get in a one on one relationship. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Crosswinds.Church and learn more about <laughs> yeah. the church you're attending. Um, but um, I don't. I'm not saying do more. I'm saying be involved. Yeah. And, and allow God to lead you in how not only can it help you grow in Christ. But help you help others grow in Christ, come to know Christ. And, and that would be my encouragement because, you know, when everything's said and done, I've had people say, if you're not a pastor, what would you be? And I'd say, I, I would try to be the, the the most faithful ministry partner I could be in whatever ministry God called me to. You know, I, I just love God's church that much. And I just count as a privilege to be able to do it as my vocation. Yeah. You know, but uh, but if I weren't, and I've had that period of time where I, where I haven't, you know, when I... Um, I just wanted to be as faithful as I could to, to, to the local church, whatever that local church was. For me, for a few years, it was Shandon Baptist uh, <laughs> down in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, but and the school uh, outreach there but at Columbia International University. But I, I just, no matter where you're at, you know, it, it, whether you're investing in things of Christ or are in Christ, and if you're connected with Crosswinds, I just pray, get involved. Let, let, God, let God use the power of the local church to draw you closer to Him so that you can make a difference for him in the world in which mm-hmm. you live. That's good. Thank you, Craig. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's great to have you uh, host this <laughs> with me. Um, and time a- here is almost over. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, you may host another one down the Maybe road. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But for now, I, I just say thank you so much for joining with us. We, we do not, I do not um, take uh, for granted uh, you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to, to connect with us through this podcast uh, remember, again, check out crosswinds.church. That's our website. Uh, you can find out all things uh, Crosswinds. You can even communicate with us uh, through the website and email and those type of things. But for now, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.